Hey guys, welcome back. It's episode 66 of The Passive Hang. It's Fayon here, and I have Rodrigo Salulima on the podcast, who is the founder of Pratik Movimento, which is a movement school based in Brasilia, the capital of Brazil. Now, if you jump on Instagram, you'll see that his facility looks completely amazing, packed full of members. And I ask Rodrigo specifically about what he's done to grow his movement school, what has made it a success, and he shares his thoughts from when he first started to now as well, what he is noticing, how he is keeping the community building. We also cover an interesting chat at the beginning around his other passion, syntropic farming, what that is and how he relates a lot of what he sees within the farming practice to the movement practice. This is an awesome conversation with a very passionate human being, Rodrigo. You really feel it. He just loves movement. He loves teaching. There is an energy that is just infectious. And I hope you guys get something out of this conversation as well. We're going to get started. I'll see you in there. All right. Hey, guys. It's episode 66 of The Passive Hang. I'm really happy to be here because I am sitting virtually with Rodrigo Salulima, who is the founder of Pratik Movimento, a movement school based in Brazil or Brasilia in Brazil. And yeah, we've managed to line up this time. He's all the way over there and I'm all the way over in Australia and it's a bit hard to find times which actually make sense. Most of the times are always like midnight to midday or something like that. So it's Sunday morning for Rodrigo and Sunday evening for me. But I just want to make a very warm welcome to you, Rodrigo. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Feyon. It's uh, really nice to be here. It's really nice to be in a place that most of the listeners has like more knowledge about what is happening with the, the movement culture in general, movement practice, and to share my, my own journey, not from a place that I'm, I, I reached something, but from a place of let's share the challenges and the, the good things or the, the bad things that happen and let's build together this beautiful community that we are bu- building worldwide. Yeah, I'm really interested in digging into your story and also the story of your movement school. But before we jump into that, it is a Sunday for you. And I think, you know, you don't normally spend it within the actual actual school, but how do you normally like to spend your Sundays? Yeah, Sunday is very atypical for me. It's a good day. Like Sunday, um, in most of the places in the world, but here in Brazil, it's it's a real Sunday, like stores doesn't open, people stay more with the family. Sometimes I see like friends around the world, like with big classes on Sunday, this won't work here in Brazil. Usually we do our big classes on Saturday. Sunday I stay with the family and I, I usually focus on the other life practice that I have instead of movement, which is, the name is Syntropic Farming. It's created by a guy, a Swiss guy named Ernest Goethe. He came to Brazil in the 80s. He was a scientist back in Swiss. And he came to Brazil. He actually, he started to travel all over the world trying to figure out uh, ancestral ways of, of farming and planting. And 
He arrived in Brazil, decided to stay. He bought a piece of land here, really degraded, like almost nothing there. And today it's one of the most biodiverse areas in the whole Brazil. Like sometimes it, it looks like uh, it looks like a fair tale, but sometimes mm. it even rains in, in the the hectares of his farm and doesn't rain in the surroundings. Wow. Yeah, this guy is really changing the way to produce food here. Uh, the food forest concept, it's already already existed, but he created like this name, this entropic farming. And I have a big backyard here. I, I started plants six years ago, seven years ago. Uh, I didn't have any of this background, me and my wife. And then a friend of ours come here, came here. And she used to give workshops about that kind of, of thing. And I fell in love. I fell in love. Like, uh, we, we didn't have nothing here, like just hard, hard earth, hard dirty and some, some grass. And now it's a, a real forest here. Like animals started to appear, like we can harvest part of our own food. And usually Sundays I dedicated to that. Wow. And, and good to say that it's not like soft in, soft gardening, nothing against <laughs> that. I, I, I do softening gardening as well, but it's really like farming. So it has a lot to do with the movement practice. Hmm. Like sometimes we have to, to climb trees and tie ourselves to, to the trees and, and chopping wood and yeah, carry things. So it is a, a movement practice. It is, it is a craft. Mm. It is a craft that interacts with you. I think that's a, a good thing to say. Because usually you interact with the craft. Of course, it interacts with you if, if you are doing any kind of woodwork or something like this. But when you are working with uh, live things, like plants, it's, it's funny. Like, mm. Not like esoteric things when, when this guy said that the plant talks to you. Yeah, it talks to you, but it doesn't talk with words. It talks, you, 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 you read the signs. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is uh, negative tropism when she's getting away from something or positive tropism when she's getting close to something. And, and then she's saying something about the leaves. The leaves is not like that kind of real uh green and you say oh so it's missing this kind of nutrient so it's nice to have this quote conversation with the plants it's for me it's a yeah i'm in love as you can see if i start to talk about that <laughs> it's just like for me movement and agroforestry is the two main subjects that if we start it's hard to stop well it sounds amazing so what you have almost like this forest in your backyard that you have cultivated yourself right and i like this link that you see there especially through the energy because you know i find a lot with the movement practice um, a lot of it is almost like you know cultivating yourself and through this other practice it is like the cultivation of the environment around you and you've kind of fostered this environment to now go from whatever state it was from before to this beautiful living, breathing thing. Right. So, you know, of course, I think there's, there's always parallels to be had whenever 
you practice something maybe with a, a practice mindset as well, just even at that layer. But I like how, you know, this style of gardening, as you say, gets you up and about is very active. You're out there climbing the trees. And I'm sure that even though Sunday maybe is a day of rest for you from the movement school in, in some way, when you're doing the forestry, even though it's very active work, it can still rejuvenate you in, in some other way. Yeah, for sure. And you know what? The name syntropic is the, like the opposite of entropy. So entropy, you go from complex to simple things. You are destroying things, degrading things. And syntropy, you go from the simple to the complex. Hmm. And in the movement practice is what happens as well. You start with simple things. You start creating like this, this sub base. You prepare the terrain. You prepare your body, you prepare the environment, you prepare the elastic components of your body before you start to put more load. So we are always like going towards complexity, both mm -hmm. in any biological system. So here I, I see some things with, with the plants, with the, the backyard, and then I see some things with my own body or with the body of a student, or even with the how the system of the, of the, the community, because it's, it's a network. It's, the community is also a network of people. Mm. And it has patterns that you can like relate it to that in some way and see, oh, it's, it's going towards this direction now. So let, let's try to, to bring more, more here. And yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's a knowledge that you can create a lot of, a lot of analogies and analogy for me, it's one of the, the best tools in life to, to learn. Mm. I like how you now see in different contexts, this simple to com complex. And when you, you foster something like the forest, you know, and you see that change in your body, it's like, you know, this pattern recognition starts, starts to happen and you start realizing, oh, you know, like <laughs> we're all like one and the same thing. Sometimes I sometimes get that feeling as well, where, um, it's a bit of a different feeling because sometimes, you know, you're in other sort of mindsets where maybe you're a bit more self-centered or you're just thinking, you know, the world revolving around you. And then when you start tending to, um, to something and, and cultivating something that you can start seeing like all these links and how, you know, you, we are one with the environment and the, the people around us as well. So I want to ask like in your forest right now, so you mentioned, now it's starting to, to fruit and, you know, you can start to, you know, enjoy the, uh, the, the fruits of your labor, so to speak. But, you know, what, what sort of stuff is actually growing there? Yeah, so it's, it's like from, um, how do I say that in English? It's like uh, stages. It's like stage. So in the first year, we harvest a lot of the, the first stage, which is like uh, more, more leaves. So leaves from, from that we eat in a salad. And then in the second year, you start to eat like manioc and roots and potatoes. And now it's like the fifth, sixth year, we started to, to harvest the more ab the abundance system things, which is like Ernest call. So now we are reaching these more abundance things. 
but we don't stop to, to harvest the, the simple things as well. Now I start to interact with the area. So it's not like oh, it grows the forest and now you just harvest fruits, which is more complex things. And it takes, takes more time to, to be produced. Now we chop a lot. So this is also something that uh, you feel part of the system. Sometimes people, oh, you are chopping trees, but the scene is not chopping trees. The scene, like he said, is another Ernest Goethe sentence. The scene is not to plant trees. So sometimes we just plant a tree just to create the environment below it. Then we chopped, we put all the nutrients in the floor again, more uh, bioavailable, because sometimes they are not bioavailable in the earth. But then when we start to, to put fungus there and, and the communication with fungus and bacteria, we start to, to make these, these nutrients available and then you, you put it in the earth again and then you don't need external inputs. So mm. this is another thing. I don't use here any external input, not right now. We used in the beginning because the earth was like really degraded and... And it's, it's a living organism. So all the time we can harvest the, the plants and, and the things from the first stage, the second stage, the third stage, and the real complex fruits, which is coming right now. Now is the first time that we are really eating our fruits that we planted here. Before that was just leaves and, and roots. And I ate a lot of manioc from the backyard. Manioc <laughs> is one of the the basis of, of what I eat here. Well, you're a patient man because how long did you say? Six years? Six years until, you know, now you're getting a bit more variety from the diet, from the, <laughs> from the forest. There are plants here that I will have to wait like 10 more years just to like the cacao fruit. Cacao takes a long time and a lot of native uh, Brazilian native fruits here that it's like 15 to 20 years just to produce the first one. So a lot of things here I'm not planting even for me. It, it's going to be for the future generations. Also the, also the birds that probably people are hearing. I'm sorry for that. Maybe the, the audio won't, won't be the best here because I'm, I'm outside. But I plant, me and my wife, we plant a lot of things for the animals as well. So sometimes it's not just even fruits that humans eat we plan to attract animals and mm. then these animals came and they poop and they plant more so they are always interacting with the system as well mm. and with the inputs that you put into this system you know how has that sort of changed from you know where it is now where it's becoming more complex versus at these simple stages and you know my mind is sort of linking back to you know like the movement practice in the body as well how you know how when, when we approach into complexity as well you know the type of activities and I guess our capabilities as well really transforms as opposed to maybe the, the earlier days um, but uh, you know in my mind sometimes it's like the the intensity or the difficulty subjective difficulty level still is like the, the same it's it's always like at this at this you know your your right level of challenging to to help sustain the growth even though from the outside you know maybe if you can call it objective or not like it, it looks it looks very different and a lot more complex um yeah what what are your thoughts there with um you know maybe tying it in this this forest example from when it was at the start to how you cultivate it now when it's more complex? 
when when we start something we always have to start like more simple but we are always aiming to the more complex thing but we cannot target like too far otherwise it, it's like it's so far that we we are not stimulated to chase that and i think this happens here in the garden so you cannot plant a tree from this more complex system right in the beginning you have to prepare some things first but sometimes you have to take your chance and okay let's see if i can insert this seed here right now and see if it will thrive and the same thing with your goals in movement like if you if you just are aiming too too far you you lose you lose your your will your energy to to chase that but if you just stay in the simple things you're not stimulated like oh this is so so simple for me this is really simple so when we are this i learned with Ido Portal. this is one of the main things he, he used to teach in the beginning of his workshops like the 80 percent success rate in in this kind of games so this i use a lot in, in my facility not not in every activities because in some activities i don't think this is a good thing but most of them it's like this i i we work a lot with pairs right with community and groups so everything is a student everything is a teacher there and i said hey if you are having the teacher's hole right now try to maintain your quote student at that time in the 80 percent success rate not 100 percent success otherwise he will think oh i'm too good for that he won't get stimulated and not like 20 percent 30 percent otherwise he will think i'm I, I don't serve for that. I'm no good. So try to maintain this 80% success rate. So I think that the, the real magic is to find the right dosage, the, the right level of complexity, both for, for people and for the garden and, and for your own body. Because sometimes you really want to, to jump jump some layers like uh Ido works a lot with isolation integration and improvisation right mm -hmm. but i think that this kind of created a, a bit of a disease in some people that never leave the isolation and integration part and sometimes i think that we have to jump to the chaos and to experimentation and improvisation a little bit sooner but on the other hand, people that jump straight there to the improvisation, to the chaos, and just trial and error, I don't, I'm not seeing a lot of improvement, at least not in a short or middle term. Maybe in the long term, and maybe the journey is going to be a little bit more uh, fulfilled. But yeah, at the same time, I, I'm trying to develop people not just technical i think one of the the main things for for my students for my community is the the self-knowledge and the self-discovery and the movement practice it's a good container for that but we have to maintain a good relationship between the educational and commercial thing hmm. so yeah you have to to feel good here it's a life practice. It's a good practice. It has the community part. 
Uh, it's healthy, it prevents injuries, it gives you longevity, sustainability of your body. Uh, but it's also uh, not a discipline because it's not a discipline. It's also a perspective. It's a way of facing things and it has technical things that it's nice to, to have this quality control. I traveled a little bit off from your question, but that's, that's <laughs> it. That's going with the flow, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, all relevant thoughts as well, you know, and I think that's always like a, yeah, an interesting discussion as well, you know, these pathways that one can take within training or even their life, right? And this model of, um, of chaos and order or an approach to it being isolation integration and improvisation you know it's a as, as you mentioned I think so many people are going about it in different ways and it's really nice to hear your perspective from your experience I think as yourself as a as a teacher and practitioner of of what you view to be helpful for others as well because I guess in the end you know in some way we need to translate what we have learnt and share that with others and that when they place their trust with you as well, so, sort of show them a way or a, a process, which is, you know, genuine from yourself as well. And, um, you know, I'd, I do resonate with that one as well. I, I fall victim to that as well, where, you know, you do the isolation and integration and where everything's more laid out, it feels, feels really good as well. And then when you're thrown into the chaos, especially at the, um, when you're not so used to it, as well it becomes very very challenging you know and normally it's not even like the physical challenging part but it can be like the emotionally challenging part where you kind of like oh you know how how am I moving it doesn't feel right or it doesn't look right and so you kind of judge yourself and and sometimes stop yourself from entering into this uh, this chaos yes for sure and it's not that I don't think it's valuable uh, because people has to, to improvise on top of something, right? I, at the beginning, I was seeing people moving and then I said, okay, let's choose a good music, put the camera on and now it's my turn. Oh my gosh. I was ashamed of myself watching the video. I, I was almost closing my eyes. Oh no, so ugly, ridiculous. Of course, we have to, to be gentle with ourselves, but this is a lesson. Uh, people don't start like, if you, if you are a piano player, you don't start improvising in the beginning. You have to improvise on top of something. You have to have your technical base. So that it's not saying that you should always go for improvisation you should in the beginning isolate and 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 have has this this library of techniques and and create your own rules and play by the rules and when you know a little bit the rules then you can start start to break it but this is something that it's it's beautiful to hear right oh yeah yeah makes sense okay yeah it's so simple what this guy is saying yeah, but try to translate that to your body. That's where the real challenge is. That's where the real challenge is. Our practice, it has like a really wet test. It's a term from the, the military. The wet test is you have to move. You can say a lot of good things. You can say a lot of theory, but how are you moving? 
I saw that you know you've been studying with Edo for since 2013, right? So almost like 10, 10 years. And I was wondering, like, what was the Rodrigo like before the the movement practice? So I I was always very passionate towards any physical activity and sports in general, but always jumping from one to another. Like my parents were they were crazy, like please stop in one in one of the, the sports. But actually, what I did was the best thing, and it's what I recommend for parents: like let your kid uh, try or try and experiment as most possibilities as possible in terms of physical activities. This was one of the best things that happened to me: like volleyball, uh, football, gymnastics, uh, everything. Then I stopped in capoeira for a while from my twelve until 22 like actually a little bit more uh, it was 12 years of capoeira 20 on 12 until 24 years mm. i was really into capoeira and i found a good teacher there as well but before that in when i was 14 13 to 14 i already started to do some calisthenics in the park not like calisthenics in the sense of this calisthenic culture that nowadays it's a thing, but in, in the real sense of the word calisthenics from Greek, like mm -hmm. using body weight to, to train your body, resistance exercises. So I was very interested on that, like from really a young age. Then with 15, I started to work out in the, the regular global gym that uh, nearby my capoeira school. And I started to participate in some internet discussion forums. It was a very big thing in the beginning <laughs> of the internet. Until today, there's, it exists, but mm -hmm. like some bodybuilding things. And I was very inter interested on, on this kind of things, like from a really young age, from diet and training. And I started to train my own friends and, and the young ones of my capoeira and I started to invent some capoeira workouts for them. And I, I went to, to college, physical education. So I have a physical education degree. I spent four years there in the college and in university. And uh, I was working while there, like I was... Uh, assistance in the volleyball team assistant the, the I was the assistant of the physical preparation coach of this volleyball team I was teaching capoeira to kids I I was an intern and a teacher in the global gene so I I, uh, I was living this life mm -hmm. this physical more towards fitness and physical preparation I was living this life but I live in the capital of Brazil and in the capital, there's a big culture here in Brasilia. And we have this public service job that you have to, to study a lot. And then you have this government job. And then you have, quote, freedom for the rest of your life. <laughs> but for some people, and in my case, it was not freedom. It was like the jail. Mm. Uh, so I, I, I left this, this career of uh, physical educator. And I went to, to work there in an office job. I spent three years there, like doing 
computer work inside the air conditioning for eight hours a day. I never stopped practicing. I, I still have my practice. I was playing a lot of foot volley at that mm -hmm. time, which is a mixture between volleyball and football. And I was still from time to time going to Capoeira. I, I was still doing my, my own workouts and yeah. And inside that boredom of the public service, I found Ido Portal on the internet. And through, I started to read through a forum as well. Yeah, to a form as well. <laughs> and I started to read his blog, his old blog. I, I didn't have a good English at that time. I'm still, I still don't have, but I'm trying. And <laughs> I was trying to, in the job, I was trying to translate his blog because I, I saw the movements, but what really uh, had my attention was the things he was writing. And I said, hmm. This is a different way to face like the, the body and the, the physical education, the real sense of education and not just training. And to be in the, the public job, it gave me at least the financial freedom to, to travel because living in Brazil, it was very hard, like in all this year to pay mm -hmm. for my education in dollars. Right now, just for you to have an idea, uh, one, it's one to six, the dollar rate. It's almost right now. So at that time, I could I had that money to travel. I went to the US, the first workshop. Then there, I, I was sold. I said, okay, I, I want to learn here with, with these guys. It was uh, two of his teachers there. And then I started the online coaching. And at the end of the year, I went to Australia. I went for an internship. I spent one week there, but we created a good connection me and Ido, and he invited me to spend the whole month with him. So instead of just a week, it was uh, a whole month. Wow. Like training every day, like eight hours a day, like having uh, lunch in the street and take a nap under the tree and then training again. It was a really special month for me. Mm -hmm. It changed everything. Then I went to the movement camp. Then I brought him to Brazil uh, four times. He stayed in my house and, and he gave workshops and went to Rio, went to Brasilia. And so, and then I, 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 I was invited to be part of the mentorship program. I was part for five years there. I decided to leave two years ago, in the beginning of the pandemic. Okay. Um, I think it was a big step for me as well, for my development, for my career, like you know, uh, I was a lot of time there. Uh, he is for sure my big influence. He is still my big intellectual reference in the field. But I felt that I needed to, to get away from that, to, to grow a little bit more in other areas. And it was hard in the beginning. Like the pandemic was started and I decided to leave the mentorship. And the facility, mm. we lost 70 students, like, right away when the pandemic started. Wow, so and very challenging moment for you. Very challenging moment. That's when I had my first burnout. It was <laughs> a really, really hard thing. Mm. Um, and we, we mig migrated to the online Zoom classes, which still today we are doing. So today we work in a hybrid thing. 
-hmm. I teach like in-person classes in the facility, me and my team of teachers, which is a, it's a big operation. We can talk about that later. But we also uh, teach Zoom classes until today. So it became another product, another way to, to, uh, to share this education. And yeah, I think that we reached this point, right? 2022 yeah. and i'm here now <laughs> and you're still going as well right and it's now appears to be flourishing more than ever and you know i guess back in the early days as well you know it's quite a big jump for you to you know leave your country go all the way to the us take this workshop off some guy that you know you're just reading up on the internet and then travel to australia and everything i mean at the start did you um was there anybody else from brazil as well that was that you could um lean on and support you on your journey or is it really like you know you you had almost found this th thing and you were just chasing you know chasing this feeling that that was guiding you to to make these decisions i mean i, I imagine you know back then there wouldn't have been almost anybody from brazil also practicing this yeah, I think you chose the word very wisely, jump. There were two big jumps. The first jump was to, to spend like this amount of money to travel all over the world to, to learn. But I was still in, the, in this, the government service, the government job there. And, but it was a real jump. But then the second jump was to leave the job hmm. because whenever you leave, you cannot return. So uh, I, we can talk about the, how was the transition to open the facility. Hmm. But about your question, no, there were nobody in Brazil at that time. There were nobody, there were nobody to, to talk about. And that was a good thing. One of the good things about go to the first movement camp when I arrived there in Thailand and I met that amount of people that has the same passion and I, I made friends that until today like I communicate daily really really daily there are, there there's a friend like Jonathan Clayton and Petra and a lot of friends and Matthew from from Boulder and Zach and that that communicate almost daily mm -hmm. and they were like the the they saved me in that sense that I have I had people to communicate in another level because here in Brazil, I was trying to present something that nobody knew nothing about. And until today, it's hard to explain, right? People yeah. want to put labels. Oh, so it's a kind of this with that and with this and a little bit of that. No, no. It's another, it's a, it's a new thing. It's, a, it's, it's not a thing. It's a perspective. It's a way of, of face, um, uh, physical movement, human movement. And um, yeah, don't, don't let me get lost here. <laughs> well, you know, you are starting to go down a, you know, it's a, it's a common sort of path. It's almost like a loaded question, right? Which is like, how, how does one explain the movement practice or what you're doing? I think it's always still a, a very common challenge that faces all of us when you even just say this word to somebody who doesn't have um, any idea or, well, I was never heard of it before. And you say, I practice movement and um, yeah, it's, I, I still find it challenging. I think, you know, even 
through all my conversations with all these people on the podcast when I've asked that question as well no one seems to have you know a very like you know this is the answer and this is if I say this then people understand it it doesn't really exist on that spectrum but um yeah like sometimes I I wonder if other sort of cultures you know be it capoeira or you know even like football at the start before it grew into a more popular thing like maybe that's hard to describe as well when it's just at its beginnings right because it's because it's new and it's a whole mix of all these different different things coming together and then only after a while does once it starts reaching at a certain point when enough people know about it that it maybe becomes more more of a thing that people then go okay like it's it's that yeah, I, I make a lot of parallels to the born of two big physical cultures uh, before like the movement culture. One of them is the BJJ here in Brazil. I, I, I really like to, to know about the story I practice. I practice Luta Livre and BJJ. But I really like to know, I recently read the Rickson Gracie's book and I watch all the documentaries and I hear podcasts and I... I'm really interested in how they they create this culture here and how it was born. Hmm. And also parkour is the, the another good example. There's a documentary parkour origins. It's actually a PhD thesis thesis from Julie Engel. Mm-hmm. So she uh, the final product of of her PhD was this this DVD this this documentary DVD. Nobody says DVD anymore, right? <laughs> Yeah, um, it's a good thing for for people that are into the movement culture to to see how these these new cultures were born. And I think I, I, I there's no one person that should be responsible for that. Hmm. It should be a big system that should be self-regulated by the the, the participants, the practitioners, the real ones. Hmm. So sometimes people. Uh, feel that I'm very restricted here in terms of what I what I accept, what I choose to share, uh, if I if I accept visitors or not, um, and if I I don't know like some things that are happening. It's not that I that I'm trying to be the owner of something here, but I have a lot of caring for what where this is going so sometimes i feel that here in brazil at least i'm trying to guide to guide some people some some new teachers some practitioners so to hey let's let's think well where are we going and it's already uh, it's already an industry it's an industry that was created Mm. and this is uh, a lot of people you like it or not, he's a controversial person, but you like it or not, Ido Portal created this industry for a lot of people. Uh, so first, you have to recognize this. But for this industry to keep going, because it's not that it's not just an opportunity for money. A lot of people here, and, and I'm, I'm noticing this, and this pisses me off. A lot of people are just migrating from, I don't know, yoga or something because they, they saw an opportunity to make money. Oh, this is cool movement. Okay, let's make. But they are not interested in the in the origins of that and where this is going. 
So I'm trying to, to create here, and this is also one of the reasons I decided to create the podcast, to educate people and to plant some seeds so we can unite ourselves and, and go together and, and, and make this a long-term thing and not just a trend, mm. not just one more fitness trend. We are not fitness uh, fitness it is inside it's not that i'm talking bad about fitness I, I i like a lot of things about fitness but uh it fitness has a lot of trends that come and go and disappeared and mm. uh, i really don't want this to be one of that thing yeah so i really want this to be like a, a real thing in the society maybe maybe it's gonna take like 20 years 30 years mm. it's a new thing it's a new technology let's say like this so for this to, to be like a BJJ, like a parkour, and I think that people that are inside should care more and, and should uh, research more. And it's a hell of an of a area to research. It's not like a black and white thing. Hmm. It's not like you, you have to study just one part of the thing. You have to study everything like uh evolutionary biology and neuroscience and all the the isolated disciplines hmm. and psychology and theater and, and dance and internal practice and ancestral practices so it's a, a long life-term project like this and, and how to be a teacher and and how to communicate and, and how to be a businessman because I'm a businessman too. So for, for me to carry all of the things inside something, I have to have a good container. So the business for me should, should be a good container. So I have to, to take this thing serious as well. And sometimes in the beginning, I don't know, five, six years ago, I was so lazy to, to try to explain people what is movement that, Ah, okay, movement. I was like a kind of, I'm, I'm above that. Uh, you come here and you learn. But no, I don't think this is a good idea. I think we should really put an effort to try to explain what is movement. And sometimes, of course, you don't have the time or the energy to do that. Sometimes I'm in the park. Uh, my friend said that, actually, Sean. He said he was moving. I don't know if it was Sean or Anna from Anna Bumble, from Bumble Body in Barcelona. They were moving the arms, like doing some water quality in the park. And the guy asked, what are you doing? What's that that you're doing? And she said, or he said, I don't remember. I'm moving my arms in the space. And then the guy turned the back and went away. I think this is nice sometimes because it is. At the end, you are just moving your arms in the space. Hmm. And sometimes I really don't have the time, so I don't put the effort. But when I feel that people are really interested in, in learn what are you doing? I put, okay, let's do this exercise. I make an exercise for me as well. Mm -hmm. Let me try to explain this old lady here what I'm doing. Most of the time, she doesn't understand nothing. Mm -hmm. But at least I made a little bit of effort to try to, <laughs> to explain. So it's a good exercise for us as well. And just for the listeners, you mentioned a podcast before and um listeners might not know but you've started a, a, a video podcast which is available on, on youtube as well um so i do recommend for anyone listening to go jump on the um 
Pratik Movimento YouTube channel and have have a listen. I think uh, what do you say? There's um, there's eight episodes coming up uh, all on the channel and also translated to English. So yeah, very interesting. I had a, a, a watch of, of a few before this chat, but um, yeah, I think, you know, this, um, all these thoughts that you put there, especially about, I guess, you know, the early days of parkour and BJJ, I'm sure if you asked, you know, these early pioneers, you know, whereas, Fukan or Ricks and Gracie at the start, you know, well, what is BJJ or parkour? They wouldn't just say, oh, you know, it's just jumping over environmental terrain. You know, that's this perspective that they would be probably also facing the similar challenges to, to us to explain to other people to try and get. And then as it grows, I guess, you know, it becomes its own thing or, you know, the visuals people align to it. So like that BJJ is a grappling art or a parkour is, you know, like running through streets and all that, but still like, I think when you dig deeper into all these things, you realize that there is, there is deeper qualities, right? Like, and you always find this when you talk to the practitioners or the teachers who are, you know, not, you know, are in it just for commercial, but really in it for, for learning that, there are these deeper layers within that that is hard to verbally explain i think i think that's just the nature of this type of work yeah for sure it and and it, it's hard but we should not use that as an excuse right and i think that's a common thing that the level of radicality go lower from generation to generation like the first parkour practitioners they they had this level of radicality and then less and less but at the same time there are still some islands that really want to do the the more intense thing there and i think that me as let's say the second or the first generation i want to be a like a good balance between these both words. Because in my school, uh, it's just names, but I like to use the name of school now. And I, I like to think that we are walking towards an university. As an university, you have like more, more arms, more areas of research. And right now, there are students that are with me for these six years. And there are teachers that are teaching in my team with mm -hmm. me like for six years. And people are having like another level of, of understanding, of interest. And, and I really want to create an environment that people can research there. And that can be a good environment, both for people that doesn't know anything about movement and have like four kids, three jobs and work nine hours a day and just want to go there one hour a day and, and and have a good good experience and 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 be part of something of a community and have a a practice that help to gain health like emotionally physically so i want there to be a space for for this this kind of person as well but i want to be a space for people that want to change life and want to research four or five hours a day three hours a day and yeah so i, I want uh, pratique movimento to to be 
uh, an island that can fit these both worlds, this this good radicality things, like because I love to teach beginners. I love until today mm -hmm. I teach beginner and I don't have any problem with that. Mm -hmm. But if I was just teaching beginners until today, maybe I, I wouldn't be fulfilled. So I have to teach beginners. I, I love, I like, but I like to, to share nowadays to my, my own research where I am right now, because my practice right now, it's so different from the, the practice of the, the students that are there for two, three years. What I'm doing is completely different from what they are doing. And so I need to share these things as well. Yeah, yeah, I think it was a good thing to share. Well, before my next question, I, I mean, I think I have to challenge you in saying, you know, if I ran across you in the park and you were waving your arms, practicing water quality, and I was to ask, you know, what are you, what are you doing? What, what would you say? Then I will get back to you with another question I will ask. You are asking about what I'm doing right now while moving my arms or, or what I'm doing in general, like every day here in the park. <laughs> well, all right. I come to the park regularly and I see you waving your arms and performing different sort of things. And I'm wondering, what are you doing? Okay. Oh, I, I have a practice. Uh, I would say something like this. I have a practice. It's not a discipline. It's more of a way to, to understand and study all the, the intricacies of human movement. So I study a lot of different disciplines. Sometimes it looks like dance. Sometimes it looks like martial art. Sometimes it's more of a physical preparation. Sometimes it looks more like a circus. Sometimes it looks like parkour. Sometimes it looks like yoga. And right now, what you are seeing it's a more of a expressive work. It has some things to do with some old Tai Chi thing, but it doesn't have all, all of the traditional things and, and the internal things. It's more expressive things. So I'm using this both to understand my body and to try to create something more expressive that I can uh, keep practicing every day and, and get better, not in a, in a quantitative way, but more in a qualitative way. And probably the person, I, I would change the, <laughs> the answer from person to person, but in, in the way that the person asked me, and, and I, I would change a little bit. So this was a little bit more explained and more profound. If it's like an old lady that were there, a grandma, and I say, ah, I, I'm, I'm just trying to dance and make things look beautiful. <laughs> just <laughs> something like this. Well, I guess, I mean, you must still get this question when people are looking to join your school as well, right? Um, when they come in through the doors and they're just like, yeah, this awesome things, you know, what is this about? You know, how does the answer change there? How, how are you, or are people mostly sort of just, seeing it's interesting now and just joining and then starting to get that through the actual experience oh so there's a thread line here uh, it's six years so the way people are coming it's changing from time to time so in the beginning there were a lot of mouth-to-mouth -mouth propaganda it was like really like my friends friends of a friends and family of people that were there 
And most of the people that came were people that already had something with sports in general, with physical activity. And probably something happened in their lives, like they got a job or they have a child and they left it aside for a while. And then they, and they, most of them tried to go to the fitness world, but they didn't felt connected to this world. And they, they found a place that they can like do strength work, but also do some interesting things like that remind like what they like to do, their dance and their, they, I don't know, the, the football, the soccer thing. And so most of the people in the beginning were like mouth to mouth and people that already had something with to do with sports and physical activities. Then the, let's say the second generation that came was people that came because they saw the transformation of others. This is huge until today because maybe some people uh, became a student and then in three, four months, they fixed their posture. First, the posture is the first thing that I think it's a byproduct from the, the practice. They used to walk a little bit curved and then they are walking a little bit different. And then they are like talking a little bit different because you have to communicate there and, and you move your body, you move your emotional, your emotions, your your psychology so and then people like saw this transformation in some people's and and they they came like what is this what is this code <laughs> let's say like the, that these people that my friend entered that he cannot stop talking about but he's not just talking about i'm i'm noticing some differences so we start to receive this kind of people. And most of these people weren't like people that were connected to, to sports or physical activity in general. So uh, we have these three big publics that come to our facility. Like the first, people that already loved sports, but they disconnected from that in, because of some, some things in life, some regular adulting things. Then these sedentary people, that probably because a friend told or a doctor or some medical issues, some uh, health issues that uh, happen in life. And they, they, they received this, this call for action. Like, hey, if you don't do something right now, you're going to have some serious problems. Mm. So uh, we also receive a lot of this, this kind of pe people here. And the third, it's not the most uh, of the, my students. The third are the enthusiasts. The people that already knew movement culture or Ido Portal or another movement school, and they, they come here. The fourth group doesn't stay, which is the talent people. Hmm. Uh, it's funny because people that has difficulties, they stayed because it's a it's a practice that hmm. has like the very process oriented and it, it can give you like uh, your your the right level uh, of of attention the progression there are progressions there are regressions but for talented people sometimes i think because of their ego or because they think that's too slow the development they don't stay much so i don't have a lot of talented people there and this is by the years the, this these four kind of people come here nowadays you asked how do i explain to people to come well, nowadays, there's a movement happening that more and more people are coming already knowing something about the movement culture and not... Uh, this, this is a really nice thing that are happening. Mm. 
maybe because of the podcast, it's a little bit more mainstream. I think it will never be like really mainstream, Mm. Uh, but it's a little bit more, at least in the social media. Uh, You can see some athletes doing some other stuff right now. And yeah, and maybe they saw a video and the Instagram, our Instagram is a, it's becoming bigger and bigger. And so people are already coming there in another level of understanding. Uh, I do from time to time, from six to six weeks, I do a big experimental class. Like people can just register and go. And if they feel connected to the practice, they get in. And this is one opportunity for me to, to educate them about what we are doing. And in the last classes, I, all the teachers, they are coming to me and say, are you noticing that uh, there are better people coming from time to time, like in the beginning, just to, to, to teach like a scapular retraction and protraction or to teach, I don't know, a diagonal stretch. It mm. was like a huge thing. And now people are, are coming like they already have some, some, some base or something like this. Maybe like some other, I don't know, fitness teachers or something. They are incorporating some things in their practice. Like, for example, here in Brasilia, uh, I received a lot of foot volley teachers, dance teachers, martial arts teachers that are my, are my students. So they are changing their, their warm up, their classes because mm-hmm. of us. This is one of our missions. This is one of the missions I wrote like eight years ago before open the facility. It's like to plant seeds and change all the physical culture in Brasilia, in Brazil, in the world. So here in Brazil, it's happening a lot. Like my friends from, from, from school, when the school days, they are practicing foot volley and they, I was doing some diagonal stretch some, some days. They say, oh, my, my foot volley teacher, he's warming up with that, that thing. And I said, Whoa, wow, great. So it's happening. <laughs> the dream, <laughs> it's happening. And, and yeah, I, I like to, to talk to people when they come to the door. And I always like to ask how, the, what, what brought them here? Sometimes it's like, ah, I was passing by. I saw this, this thing here and I just want to come. Other times is I saw a video in the internet. Other times is I, I heard your podcast and I start to watch the videos and I start to try. So from each person, I have to talk differently. So if it's a person that doesn't know anything about nothing just say that hey i want to come here because i want to lose weight am i going to lose weight and i said probably but it's not our main um, goal here probably you're gonna lose weight as a byproduct of being inside a healthy environment that has a lot of physical work and if you change your lifestyle if you change your diet if you change like the things you are doing, you're going to lose weight. But this is not our main goal here. Our main goal here is to understand better ourselves through movement and to move well and to know how to, to get into the floor and get out of the floor, uh, to, to gain more strength, to prevent injuries, to know how to interact with people and... We do this here in, in a one hour and a half class, but you can stay longer. It's like a club here. You can stay here for your personal practice. Um, we don't divide the classes in levels. 
there there are always progressions and regressions for everyone and then i ask the the person what is his physical or her physical background and depending on, on what what kind of person is I, i take the conversation towards one or another side you mentioned how you wrote down like this intentional mission statement at the very beginning so i want to dig in a bit deeper into this area like when you were at the very beginnings of these movement school like yeah how how much of what you see or what we see now was very intentional from the beginning like did you have like this master plan or were you very clear with what you wanted to achieve at the start and if so like yeah was there anything else that you outlined that you're like you know this this is what I want to do or did that start to develop over the years where you're then like okay yep that that's what I want to achieve yeah it was both organically and well thought I I was still in my old job and are you aware of the Japanese word ikigai yes yeah so I saw this ikigai organogram it's uh uh it, it, there's no english translation for that right it's, no, it's uh, like a, it's a concept so yeah it, there's no direct like word yeah. yeah but let's say like this it's an organogram and you start to fulfill the the the, the blank spaces there like there's a place uh things you love and then i put their movement things the world need and then i put their movement Your vocation, I always love to teach. And I, I said, teach movement. Uh, things that you can get paid for. And I put there, movement. <laughs> things that you are good at, good at. And I put there, movement. And I said, fuck, Mike guy is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I found my thing. What I'm doing here, working in this computer, like eight hours a day, I need to change. And at that time, I was doing... Uh, holistic formation course of a two years in the uh, Unipass, the University of Peace here in, in Brasilia. And it was like, a, like, like the name is uh, holistic formation. So we had a lot of discipline from a lot of subjects. And at the end of this course, you, you had to present like a, a final product, like a monography. And I start to write about Pratique Movimento. Uh, I think I've, I've, I chose the name right in the beginning because the name is self-explanatory. Mm -hmm. The name, the translation is practice movement. It's, it's like a suggestion or an order. If you think I practice movement, Pratique mm -hmm. Movimento, you should practice movement. And I start to write some things. And for example, I wanted to, I, it's, it's written there that I want to create a community that uh, would be self-regulated in time, that doesn't have like a real uh, centralized power. So I want that community to be self-regulated. And that's uh, where the university thing that I, I mentioned to you, that we are going to go from a school to a university. So I can have more people uh, inserting things there and not just me, because I'm just one person. Mm 
I, I, I'm no genius. I, I'm no like different than anyone. I'm just uh, a passionate guy that are putting some effort to understand this. So I want to bring good people here to, to plant seeds. I brought Ido a few times, but this year I'm bringing Marcello, Marcello Paloso and Shai Fahan. And oh, awesome. I brought like uh, Enrique Bianchini, who is like uh, a dance teacher here in Brazil. And I said to him, I don't want you to come here and give a workshop, just an experience for my students. I want you to come here and give a continuous education from time to time, plant seeds. So I, I, I'm not providing my students with experience, but with education. So this is this has something to do with that goal that I had, like a community that is self-regulated. So it's not just in my hand. Um, what else? Yeah, uh, I want this to, to, to I, I put there that I want this to live through generations because I want the kids of my students to, to have a place to, to be and to practice as well. Um, what else? Yeah, I, I always want to have this, I have this dream to learn with my own students. And I think now this, in this six years of anniversary, it started to happen. Now my students are already are coming with some research that they did and presenting me under the prisma of movement and not under the prisma of some isolated discipline. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is very important thing to do to, 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 to say as well, that people think that it's just a mishmash of disciplines and then you can go practice BJJ and practice climbing and practice dancing and you have a movement practice you can have depending on how you are facing uh, your time when you are there in, in training this discipline otherwise you will just be a, a climber and a bjj practitioner practitioner and a dancer but no movement practitioner and we want to have this conversation we want to to talk about what is behind all of that disciplines, the sub base, and what connect them. And I'm getting a little bit away from your question, but I, I don't have by by heart all the things I wrote from time to time. And when I say time to time, it's like one or two years. I, I go there and, and check, and sometimes I change, and I I, I put some other things. And but it's it's mostly organic. It's like the agroforestry. It's like the backyard. Mm -hmm. Sometimes uh, you have to prune something and and put it aside, and then some other things grow because you gave up of that. And then you rescue that thing that you gave up. And oh no, now it's time to insert these again here. And um, yeah, that's it. And you know when you started teaching these classes and you mentioned you know the, the classes started to grow started attracting other people as well like were there specific intentional things that you did within class and also outside of the class to help spur that growth on to uh, to make sure that it was growing as well does anything come to mind yeah it's funny because I was like the opposite of the marketing thing. I, I don't know. I didn't know anything about business or marketing. Uh, I didn't have any business, man or woman, in, in my family. 
So it was not part of my lifestyle. Um, we, I think that what most attracted people was myself and the passion when I was talking about that and doing this. To be very honest, I think this was the, the main thing. I, I was there. I was so excited to share that. And this changed my life. And I, I really wanted to, to, to see like other lives being changed. The other thing that happened is when I opened the, the group and the facility, uh, it was not so much because I was wanting this. But because of my students, I, I started to share the things that I was learning with Ido, with, with some students. And instead of one-on-one, I started to, to create some small groups and called them to, to my house. I was living in my parents' house at that time. So come to my parents' house, three, four people, and let's train together. And then we start to train together. And then they said, hey, you, you should open a bigger group. This is so good. This is so nice. This that we are doing here together. And I said, yeah, maybe, maybe I can have a bigger group. And, but I didn't know anything about business or nothing like this. And a lot of people started to, to notice that, that thing growing here in Brasilia. And they, they started to make propositions for me. Hey, let's, let's do a partnership. Uh, I went to read the money and I have the knowledge of open something. And you comes, comes with the, the, the knowledge of the, the teaching. But I, I didn't feel it was more of a gut feeling. I didn't feel any good intentions in that. I just felt that people found uh, a way to make money. And I, I didn't trust any one of them. And at that time, I said to my father, I'm going to open something. And he has just retired. And he said, okay, so instead of you do this with anyone in the street, let's do this with me. And then he started to help me. And my sister had a job in Rio de Janeiro at that time. And he was, she was trying to, to move to Brasilia. And she said, okay, I can work for you as well. And then it was a family business. Mm. And this, this is a big part of that as well. I don't believe in anyone that can build anything of value alone. You always have to have a good network. My wife helped me a lot. She helped me with... When she first saw an interview of Ido Portal, she said, mm, let's watch it again. And then we watched it again. And, and she gave me all the energy to go to Australia and said, there's a workshop in Australia, but it's very expensive and it's very far. And, and she said, go, you should go. I, I, I never saw anything in your life that gives you that amount of energy and happiness. So you have to go. And so it was really nice to have this kind of people around myself. I really believe in this, this network of good people. And I really believe in the power of the group, of the community, of the tribe. Yeah, wow. That's an... Just close my camera, but I'm here. <laughs> That's an amazing story. Um, especially, you know, at the beginning, how you mentioned, and you mentioned this before, you know, making that jump, it can be, it can be so tough as well, right? But um there are ways that can make it more bearable for you to do that when you when you have that support network when you when you reach out to other people and and ask for for help yeah for sure i i think that have this team it's it's a good thing there's a a book 
Tribe from Seth Godin. Ah, yeah. Yeah, this, this book like really influenced me in the beginning. And right now with my team of teachers as well, they are a big part of that. I have, I would say um, behind me, but it's not behind me. It's by my side. So I have by my side seven teachers, including my wife. She's a teacher too there. And they taught, they teach in my facility weekly. And every Friday we are together for three or four hours, practicing, studying, discussing, planning classes. And it's like I said, this expression self-regulating, they self-regulating like myself as well. Because I think like right now we have 200 students more or less. So in a community of 200 students, it's hard for one, one, just one person to keep track of everything that is happening. And sometimes the student will connect more or less with one or another teacher, with one or another way of teaching, with one or another way of facing the challenge. So I, yeah. That's it, like the power of the community and the people. This is a huge thing for me in my life, like in my personal life, in my professional life. I, even my friends from, from distance, my, my fellow, the fellow practitioners around the world. Uh, this, this pandemic period here, if, if it weren't by them, my mental health wouldn't be the same. Because like I was traveling like all around the world at least four times a year for for six years seven years and now i'm two years without leave brazil so <laughs> i'm travel deprived i'm really really travel deprived yeah i think we're all feeling that uh, and you know with this uh you know because you mentioned when especially um in the early days when you you're training so much uh, with the movement practice, but then, you know, you start a business, you start cultivating a group, you start having to spend time cultivating a community, building all those relationships as well. I mean, yeah. How, how do you organize your time? Like uh, from maybe, maybe now is a good example as well, where you have this, you know, this, this community and you've got your practice still, and you still have to make time for your, for your practice. And sometimes I think, you know, it can be um, very attractive to spend all your time on practice and then put all your energy there. But then you realize when you have to take responsibility for others, take responsibility for your business, relationships around you as well, you're going to make time for that as well. So, yeah, how do you deal with that at the moment? Yeah, I think it's a seasonal and changeable thing how I, I deal with my practice and all these years, it's always changing. Uh, one funny thing that's happening in the last one year and a half, two years, is that I'm practicing more than the time that I was like, let's say in the mentorship program or something like this. Cause I think that at that time I was like hammering myself that I should do this amount of work and, and I really need, but right now that I'm kind of, my I'm, I'm by myself not by myself i always have people around and i have my teachers and my influences but most of the time i'm by myself and i don't have this external pressure 
I'm training more, I'm practicing more. I think this is a natural thing that happens a lot. Like when you, okay, now I, I, I don't need this anymore. Now I'm having a lot more energy. But some good things that I'm thinking nowadays is to maintain these energy levels and to be like a family man, a businessman, a practitioner, a teacher, a boss, a student, all of that. We have to organize ourselves. Recently, I read the book, like Getting Things Done, Getting Things Done from David Allen. And I realized that I really need to organize myself better, like have like these task organizers and really use the calendar and really develop myself as a businessman. Like I said in the beginning of the podcast, uh, so the business can be a container for all of the things. So I, I don't I don't see myself any different than any high level professional or businessman of any field. I think that we should cultivate the same features. Uh, it's an athlete slash, slash businessman slash uh, researcher uh, life. So we have to take care of the physiological things about the, the food and the sleep and the, the supplements and, and these kind of things. We have to take care of the social things like what kind of people are you interacting with? Are they giving you energy or, or taking you energy? And the, the really technical things, how to organize, how uh, to divide your studying time and this kind of things. I, I made a point to, to myself as well that I should face my practice and like my physical practice as any other task of my life. Like, it's not like, um, my name is Rodrigo Salulima. I'm the owner of Pratique Movimento. I teach some classes. And when I have time, I practice because the main thing for me is to have that business. No. For me, to, to be honest with myself and with the business and, and with the things that I'm, I'm sharing and that I believe, to have a daily practice, it's like any other task it's like it's like paying the bills of the facility mm. so sometimes I, I have to cancel things to practice okay no no I, can you do this right now no right now i blocked my time i have these next two hours to practice so i think it was corn car newport that said block and defend your time mm. and i'm doing this a lot in these years so when I'm practicing, I'm practicing. And sometimes it's not like a hard practice. Sometimes the, the practice is like go for a walk. And sometimes it's like research. Like nowadays, I am trying to develop much more the researcher hat than the practitioner or the student hat. And yeah, you, you ask them about my, my current practice as well, how, how it is, right? Mm, yes. so right now i'm researching a lot i'm trying to develop because I'm, I'm not a natural researcher i i'm a natural student i i love to be a student i i think that i would love to have students like me when i'm teaching i would love to have a student like me like i really like to to be a student 
that's why I, I decided to start to bring some people that I trust here uh, to, to keep being a student. Sometimes I do some online things as well, just to keep being a student. But right now I need to develop this researcher hat. So half an hour a day, I, I put on the, the clock, half an hour, research. You have to research. And, and sometimes it's like, it's just playing. Sometimes you really like have a paper and, and you try something with your body and you try again. And sometimes you just fool around and some things come. I'm practicing a lot more with my students as well. And this changed a lot in the last years. Like it's the first time in six years of, of facility that I have a, a more advanced class. I'm not calling it advanced. I don't call beginner advanced. I'm called like movement two. I just put the number two. <laughs> Just to not to call advanced or intermediate, uh, but it is a little bit more complex. And uh, people that go to this class, they already know all of the basic terminology. They already have built a foundation in their body. So I, I teach this class twice a week. So I always practice with them. It's always a class that I practice together. So I plan this class for me as well. What would be a nice class for me? And then I plan this class and I practice with them. This is a very fulfill, fulfillment thing, and it's a game-changing in, in my practice in the last year. Uh, I'm practicing with other teachers as well. Um, so nowadays, I'm, I'm climbing once a week, but this is, is very changeable. Like last year, I practice MMA a lot because I teach in a professional MMA facility here, that has two UFC fighters there, Vicente Luque and Viviero Araujo. Mm -hmm. And I, I practice a lot with them, both like striking and, and grappling. So I was pretty much into it. Um, right now, I, this year, I still didn't get back there. I will get back after the carnival holiday, which is next week. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, I'm dancing a lot with this guy here in Brazil uh, from hip hop dance. I'm climbing and yeah, right now I, I'm doing this. But like I said, I'm not just climbing. I'm climbing with, and my teacher in climbing is one of the teachers, teachers at, at Pratik Movimento. Okay. He's my student for six years. Mm -hmm. So he, he's not teaching me how to climb with the climber's head. He's teaching uh, with the mover's head. Mm -hmm. So this is a very important thing for me as well. This dance teacher as well, I just chose him. I tried so many teachers during the pandemic and I, oh, I tried this. Okay, no, no, no. Then I found him and it happened to be hip hop. But if he was teaching, I don't know, Valsa, I would be wanting to learn with him because the way he teaches, the way he divides things, the way he works, how, how to, to, to really discover yourself, your fingerprint, it's another level. So nowadays I'm, I'm really looking for these good teachers. And what else? Yeah, uh, I think it's more organic and seasonal and depends on, 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 on the time of my life. And for sure, when Marcello Paloso come here in the next months, he will insert some ideas, plant some seeds, then I will work on that. And I will work on that for months. And this is a point that I make for I made for myself a long time ago that I don't teach anything that I have just learned. So at least one year I practice it. And this is a big uh, 
criticism that I have towards people, some people in the movement culture, especially here in Brazil, they do one workshop or watch one class. In the same day, they go to their, their, their group and they start to share the same thing that they have just learned. I never did this and I will never do this. I, I always have to digest and train in me and then I present to my teachers and then to more advanced students. Then I test with a small group and then, okay, now I can share with a bigger group. I deviated a little bit from the question, but it was nice. Yeah, it's an interesting thread because this leads to where I wanted to ask about is this um, research process like you mentioned how you make time for research like can you expand a bit more about what you mean by like yeah what is this research perspective and I like how you already uh, shared a little bit about your process of how you already start to develop material to a point to where you are comfortable with sharing but you know sharing it practicing first for however many years then with the teachers then advanced students then with the main group but um, I guess at the the, the formative stage when you're when you're researching as well like how uh, yeah what, what's the kind of difference in mindset and how do you approach that now these days yeah uh, I'm a very really really beginner on that so probably not the right person to answer that but I can share what's happening right now because this is just a goal that I put on my New Year's projects and is to develop the researcher hat. And the year has just started, so it's two <laughs> months. <laughs> uh, but the, the insights that I had until now is that it, it's much more related to art than to sport. So it's much more related to fail hmm. than to success. It's much more related to, to fool around and make jokes and play than with like think and analyze. You analyze it later. It's like when some, some um, unexpected thing happened in your life. Like, for example, uh, when... I was here the other day and there was a big stair here uh, in, on the roof of my house. And then it felt, I was practicing. I was doing some one foot thing. I was on one foot and was doing some spine work, researching. And then this stair made a really big noise behind me. And I was really focused on one foot and balancing on one foot and moving my spine. And while that happened, uh, what my body created, like my shoulders got tensed and they, they popped up and I felt my feet like really rooting in the floor. The other feet, the other foot that was in the air, it stomped in the floor, like really hard. Boom. Mm. And I, I look at back and oh, it's just a stare. But then I, I had to, to track that in my mind, everything that happened. And I said, oh, my, my shoulders pop out probably some mechanism to protect my brain because you don't know what's happening. So you, you pop your shoulders up and uh, the, you felt your feet rooted in the floor and the other foot immediately come down because you don't want to be in one foot when something dangerous is happening. Mm. But I, I didn't think in any of that. 
And I didn't research the physiology of my shoulders popping out before that, but I, I read that, I don't know how many years ago, and then it happened in my body. And then retrospectively, I analyzed the, the situation. So I think that, that, I think that researcher and player, like these two hats, the researcher and the player, they, they have a lot to do. Also, the, the comparison with another teachers and another research and another areas. Uh, you always have to, to take into consideration that there is nothing new under the sun and probably a lot of people are doing this or they already done a lot of things. So go, go and research. Like if people already researched that. So you are not trying to reinvent the wheel and and don't and at least for me i'm not trying to focus on the invention themselves but more on self-knowledge and self-discovery oh, until now my process it's like this it's just the beginning it's, it's much more doubts than certainty it's much more trial and error but probably if i keep going with that one year from now i will have more things to say about that yeah well I'm excited for you and, you know, this new journey that uh, you're embarking on as well and really looking forward to, you know, the, the new things that you find out and that you share. And you mentioned uh, something about, you know, the creating and analyzing afterwards. And that reminds me, before we started recording this conversation, how we're talking about these 10 rules that you have up on the wall on, um, uh, at your school. And, yeah, I was wondering whether you could share a bit more about those 10 rules, what they are and why you've put them up on the wall in your school. Yeah, they are the 10 rules from sister Corita Kent. And I think it was popularized by the, the choreographer, the, the artist John Cage. Uh, but the author is this sister Corita Kent. And it's 10 rules for students and teachers. Uh, in my first movement camp, I think Ido Portal read that before the, the, the event start. And it, it really resonated with myself. I went to research in the internet. Uh, I printed that page and put on the beginning of my, my journey in the facility, like in a really, just a printed page in, in the wall. Uh, today, I have like this big, board in our facility that uh, a student uh, which is an artist she paints and she, she creates art she made this like in a really beautiful way connected to the movement practice with it's a really really beautiful board i'm gonna make a post in the instagram page soon and you probably you guys want to see uh, we'll see this awesome and, yeah and one of the 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 rules is try not to create and analyze at the same time. And now that you mentioned, it has a lot to do with the researcher hat. For sure, it has a lot to do. It for sure has a lot to do with mm. movement, especially expressive movement. Mm. Sometimes when my students are like in a closed system flow, moving, doing some locomotion work or or dancing or something like this. And sometimes I, I hold myself not to correct them in real time, but I try to remember what I was going to correct 
So at the end of the round, I can say some things. Because sometimes you are almost getting into that, that place and then the teacher come and, oh, spread your toes. And oh, spread my toes. And then you destroy the, that moment. Uh, so that, that's a good thing to film ourselves as well. This, I think, is a good thing to share. Like I stimulate a lot of my students to film themselves. Sometimes I said, okay, grab your phones, film your partner. At the end of the both rounds, you watch our video, and then we go for, for another round and another round. Um, yeah, this, this board, I, I, am, I have a lot of, of the rules by heart, not all of them, but I really uh, recommend people, especially people who are a student or a teacher or both. Most of the time we are both to check these things. The last rule is we are breaking all the rules, even uh, these ones. So this is also a good thing to, to have in mind. There's a, a sentence from Mahatma Gandhi that it's always like navigating myself and my facility. I never said that in English, so maybe I'm gonna mess it up. It's you have to be flexible no, rigid on the rules, but flexible on the applications. Uh, it's nice. the concept of sat satyagaha, I think. Mm -hmm. This is something that is in my mind all the time while teaching, practicing, uh, business things and studying and everything. Awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely want to look up those 10 rules afterwards because they've piqued my interest and look forward to your you know, post and your thoughts to share on them as well because... Yeah, I think it's an interesting concept as well, like this this thing of like putting something up on the wall, especially in a space, right? It's like once you put it there, it's almost like, you know, you, everyone can see it. It's it's there to be observed. It's there to almost be be, be followed or it's like the, the, the codes, right? So they, they must hold a very special place for you and um, mean a lot for how you conduct the space at the school as, as well. I wanted to, yeah, sort of, um, I mean, we've circled around a lot of different concepts here today and I'm just um, mindful of the time because I think we're nearing almost like the two hour mark at the moment. And this has been a really, you know, wonderful conversation spreading through a lot of different areas as well. I think we wandered and, and moved through the conversation and in really nice fashion. But, um, you know, if you were to say like in 20 years time, what you were doing or what you would be happy doing. How, yeah. How would you picture it? In 20 years? 20 years. Yeah. Good. Good provocation. Okay. Uh, I did a, a exercise. I don't know, five more. I don't know, eight to 10 years ago. That was to describe and write how would be my 80th uh, year anniversary. And I made 80 years. So I, I thought about the 80s, but not about 20 years from now. So let's see. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see myself. I see myself helping a lot of people uh, in the journey of become uh, a teacher and a community leader and a practitioner and a researcher. I see myself as a motivator, like... Uh, as a person that people would reach out to, to ask for advices and 
inspiration. I I love I love to train beginners. I love to train students, but I love to train teachers as well. I think that teaching. I came from a family of teachers. Like my grandma was a teacher, my mother was a teacher in the school teaching, and I'm a teacher. I'm I'm a teacher like by heart. It's if you ask me what you most like. It's not practice or research or play or it's teaching. I love teaching. When I'm teaching, I, I feel that I'm in a different universe. When I'm teaching, I, I lost track of the time. I I don't know. I, I don't remember well what I said. It's like it's like reaching another state of consciousness. Sometimes when I teach this big class for 50, 60 people in the Saturday. When I go out and I sit in the car and, and I said, oh, what happened today? Like it, it's, it's a really special place, special moment. And I think that the world needs more good teachers. The world needs to, to give the right value to teachers. I don't know in other places of the world, but here in Brazil, teachers are very under-evaluated. They don't receive good salary. They don't receive good attention. So uh, I really want to, to train teachers to help people to give more value to teachers. Uh, I want to inspire people. I, I want to, to be an inspiration for people that are starting something new because I didn't know anything that I was doing in the beginning. I didn't know if it, this was going to be right. Mm. It was going to, to work well, like open a movement facility. What is a movement facility? I didn't know what was a movement facility at the time. <laughs> there were no manual. So maybe start to write a manual. It can be a physical thing or not. It can be a place. I can be like in 20 years mentoring people how to, 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 to open your own facility. I'm already helping some people doing this more informal thing. So people are reaching out and I really love to, to try to help this in that way. Um, I see myself a lot farming. I see myself a lot inside the forest. I, I see myself traveling uh, to teach and to keep studying. I, I don't want to stop learning I, I i don't think that it's not even a choice if i want to keep teaching i have to keep learning and studying i think that be a teacher it's a good excuse to keep learning for the rest of your life all the teachers have to keep learning and what else yeah i want to see some some other pratique movements around the world i want to see awesome yeah, some, some other places like this, because it is a special place here. It is a special place. I invite uh, all the people from all over the world to, to come here to send us an email or send me on my Instagram account. Or you can get in touch and ask uh, to come here. Right now, uh, I'm receiving a guy from, from Spain. Uh, I received a lot of guys from Germany, Australia. They just spend here sometimes like one month, sometimes three months. And 
I, I, I see myself like communicating more worldwide with these people, hmm. both receiving people and also sending people like my teachers. Uh, they have, I, I was talking to them these days and I said, I don't think people have a grasp of what we are doing here. Like we are teaching more than 200 students, beginners, advanced, intermediate. Uh, we are studying like daily practice and theory in our study group. Like we are discussing like some really profound things like from strength resistance training to physiology, to psychotherapy, to didactics and philosophy. And it's a special group of people I, I wouldn't be myself if I didn't have them by my side. And I, I, I see them as well, representing Pratique Movimento and representing what we are building here. So I don't see myself as a center of that. What else? Yeah, and I see myself as a, as a family man. As a, I'm a stepfather. I see myself as a father as well future and that's it i see myself happy and fulfilled for sure i see myself still getting interested by the mysteries of life uh, there's a guy here uh, ruben alves he's a uh, he, he dead he's dead now uh, he's a brazilian guy and he said that if you want, you are going to pray for something, pray for not. Okay, first time I'm gonna say it in English. Probably I won't find the right word. Pray for not lose the ability to to get scary in a good way for the, these mysteries of life. You know, I think the the message was that, and it really resonated with me. Like I, I see myself still getting mesmerized by the, the flowers and by the emotions of the people and by the, the, the development of people and, and nature and this kind of things. There's a beautiful words, Rodrigo. And, you know, I will have one last question for you, which would just be, you know, if you, if uh, someone was to come to you for a piece of advice and they, you know, they wanted to start up something similar to um, such as what you've built today, you know, what's maybe one piece of simple advice that you would give them? I would say to them to, to, to be honest with themselves, to just do this if you really love and feel that you can do this for the rest of your life. Otherwise, you're going to build the... The golden jail the, from Asinta Lab. <laughs> if you are going to do this, like go all the way, like Charles Bukowski again. I'm quoting a lot here today, right? <laughs> but if you're going to do this, go all the way and go with passion, with gut. Uh, I'm a gut person, I'm a gut feeling person. I think it's um, a common thing here in Brazil maybe because of the influence of the African ancestors. But for me, this just work because I love it. Go with passion, and which is very related to obsession. Uh, but don't forget to rest. 
Don't forget to put your foot in the brakes from time to time. Don't compare yourself uh, all the time with others. You are unique. Find your own fingerprint, but take your time in a hurry to do this because you won't find this really soon. Right now, I can say that I have the, the first rounded lines of my fingerprint in this journey. Right now, now I feel that uh, I'm really finding who is Rodrigo as a teacher in this movement culture thing, who is Rodrigo as a researcher, as, as a practitioner. So take your time in a hurry, but don't stop. Don't stop to work. Put your foot in the brakes from time to time, but remember it's a marathon. It's a marathon and you have to keep going for a long, long time. Rodrigo Salulima, thank you very much for the conversation. Afterwards, I'll link whatever needs to be linked uh, through to, you know, the references that you made throughout and to your work on Instagram and the website. And, you know, for anyone listening, as Rodrigo mentioned, you know, let's spend some time if we go past Brazil, spend some time at the school. I think it looks wonderful. If I'm, I'm able to make the journey over there, yeah, I would love to do, do the same. So thank you very much. Thank you, Feyon. Thank you for reaching out. It's because of people like you that I think that it's worth to keep sharing things. I can see that you are doing this because you love, because you are passionate about. You discovered something that uh, resonates with you and you are spreading some good words about that. And you are doing a good job. You are one of the persons that are trying to guide in a good way this, this community, this, this culture, but not like centralizing that on you. You are calling good people to have some good conversations. And I think that's the way for us to build a, a thing that has a lot of value in, in, in this world. Thanks a lot. The doors are open here for you whenever you want to come. And that's it. I'm very grateful for that. It was a, a good Sunday morning for me. That's it, guys. That's episode 66. Thank you to Rodrigo for sparing his time on a Sunday morning to share his thoughts, share this wonderful conversation with myself and with you guys. For all those that are wondering, I've linked a couple of the references that he mentioned in the chat in the show notes. That's both the book Tribes by Seth Godin and The Ten Rules for Artists by Sister Corita Kent, which is a very interesting read. So worth to dig into that one. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for supporting, for continually supporting the podcast for these conversations, for reaching out to me. I really, really appreciate it. Remember, if you have any thoughts, questions, suggestions, feel free to reach me on Instagram. That's at Fayonp, at P-H-A-O-N-P. Or also you can jump on to thepassivehang.com and find my contact details there as well. So get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. All right, guys. Well, the podcast will keep on going. There will be more guests, as always, to come in future. I can't wait to share that with you and to connect with more of you out there. I guess I'll see you guys in the next one.